So on this episode of Midnight Mania Sports, Austin Dakota and I are going to be debriefing what happened in the first round of the NFL draft. Austin, so with the first pick, it was a no-brainer. Joe Burrow went to the Cincinnati Bengals, which I guess anybody could have predicted that happening. Right. I mean, the Bengals, you know, the only way for them to mess that pick up was to trade it or not pick Burrow. It was pretty obvious they were going to take Joe Burrow, and I think that was the right choice for them. They had to take the best quarterback in the draft, and Burrow might not have been the best player available. A lot of people think Chase Young will be the best player from the draft, Mm -hmm. but in in the situation that the Cincinnati Bengals are in, you need a quarterback, and in this league, you need a quarterback to win. So you have to take Burrow at one because he has superstar potential, and he's shown his last year in college what he can do and how effective he can be. Yeah, Joe Burrow is definitely the best player, of course, in that draft. He's the Heisman Trophy winner, so he definitely goes along with that theme of Heisman Trophy winners winning, going for the first pick. So like, congrats to him and the Cincinnati Bengals. They have a good team. I mean, honestly – A.J. Green and Joe Burrow could be a threat in the AFC North, really. Yeah, and they have Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon as well on that offense. They have a solid grouping, I think. Burrow's going to need some time to develop and learn, obviously, as rookie quarterbacks, Mm -hmm. you know, take some time. But I think it's definitely an improvement. And they honestly, they could end up being better than a couple of the teams in their division. You know, the the Browns, obviously, with Baker Mayfield. And that, Mm -hmm. that disaster from last season. And the Steelers, a bit of a downfall. We'll see how Big Ben plays. But... Adding Burrow to an offense that has some talent, you know, you're looking at a team that could pull off eight wins this year. It'll be interesting interesting to see because that division can either be really good or it can be very bad and then one team will be dominant. I think the Ravens will still be at the top, but it, for the rest of it, though, it's going to be um, like it's really just a question of who – it's who really is going to be better. And it's either the Browns, Steelers, or Bengals. And that's a list that mm-hmm. historically you would think about being absolutely terrible. I mean, the Steelers might be decent if Big Ben is healthy. Other than that, the Browns, they have a good team this year, but, you know, they had pretty much the same team as last year, the new head coach. But they were, I think the Browns last year were really overhyped. And I feel like that could happen again this season. Yeah, I don't know, you know, with Cleveland, the thing is, is, is Odell going to stay? You don't know if, mm-hmm. if you're going to trade him or not. And it, it's all depending on Baker Mayfield, really. I mean, he was a lot of their downfall last year, really being ineffective at the quarterback position. Nick mm-hmm. Chubbs obviously had a great season last year at running back, and he's definitely a star. But it's really going to depend on Baker Mayfield and, you know, if he can take another step forward and try and recover from a terrible season he had last year. And looking at another team that struggled with the second pick, the Redskins picked Chase Young. Chase Young is arguably one of the best defensive players in this draft. And the Redskins defensive line is going to be looking really good. Chase Young, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat. So, I mean, that team is going to be stacked defensively. And in a division like the NFC East, they have some good quarterbacks in the NFC East. I mean, Daniel Jones proved his worth last season. Dak Prescott, still one of the best QBs in the league. And then you have Carson Wentz with the Eagles. So the, the pressure there is going to be big and it's going to actually impact the Redskins to potentially, you know, getting a winning season. Yeah, and I think this is the you know the best pick in the draft. Young might be the best player in the draft when it's all said and done. He had 16 and a half sacks in 12, 12 games last year 
in his final year at Ohio State. He is only one of two players to have multiple seasons at Ohio State with double-digit sacks. The other one is Mike Rabel, former New England Patriot. And mm-hmm. the work he did at Ohio State just shows, you know, his size, his speed, and his strength will translate really well to the NFL. And I think this guy is a guy who can come in in his first year and have double-digit sacks with the Washington Redskins. And having Ron Rivera as his new head coach, well, as the new head coach of the Redskins and his head coach, mm-hmm. I think that'll, you know, benefit Young really well, tremendously, actually. I mean, he's going to – he has a defensive-minded head coach coming in, and he's going to help Chase Young have a great first season. Yeah, and Ron Rivera, too, he – he knows what it's like to win because he's been with this to the Super Bowl with the Panthers, although they lost that Super Bowl. But still, he knows that winning mindset. And I think that would help the Redskins a lot just by having a coach who knows mm-hmm. what they're doing. I agree. I think the Redskins will take a step forward this year. I don't know, you know, see what they do on day two of the draft and maybe if they'll address quarterback or they'll make another move. But Dwayne Haskins might get another shot. We'll see. Uh, we'll see if they go in a different direction. We don't know how. If Alex Smith will be back at any point with that leg injury he suffered a couple seasons ago. But Redskins, you know, Chase Young, the right pick for them, for sure, at number two. The Lions, they had the third pick in the draft, and they ended up getting a cornerback, Jeff Okdua. And he was honestly one of the best cornerbacks in the draft, and that was really filling a missing role that they had. Yeah, Okuda is the best cornerback in the draft, the best secondary player in the draft by far, coming from Ohio State. He's going to replace Darius Slay, who the Lions traded away to Philly this offseason. And the Lions also got Desmond Trufant coming in, but Trufant's kind of at the back end of his career. Okuda is a guy who can come in and be a lockdown corner. He did not have a single pass interference call his last season at Ohio State. So this is a guy who knows how to play man coverage, a guy who can play zone and really develop into a shutdown corner in the NFL. Yeah, and a lot of people are comparing him to, like, what players he could be. And a lot of times people are saying he could be, like, Stefan Gilmore. I don't see that right now just because it's early to tell. But still, um, Akdua has a potential to be a great cornerback, especially in a division like the NFC North. Yeah, I think he'll develop into a great player. He's going to have, you know, some challenges along the way, facing some good quarterbacks uh, with Aaron Rodgers in that division. Kirk Cousins had a solid year. and depending who the Bears run out there with Foles or Trubisky, uh, he'll definitely have – he'll be tested early and often against those teams. And then the Giants, they got the first offensive tackle of the draft, Andrew Thomas, an asset that they really needed to protect Daniel Jones because Jones kept getting hit all last season because of no protection of the front line. Yeah, he's a great pick for the Giants. It's a little surprising to some. A lot of the different analysts had different tackles graded at different spots in this draft, but – I think it was really who fits their system best. And he's a guy who can play right tackle for now and then replace, you know, Nate Solder at, you know, another time uh, when Solder's kind of at the end of his career. So they're lining up at left tackle right now for the Giants. But he has good size. He's fast. And he's a great run blocker. And I think, you know, he'll be able to develop nicely at the right tackle position, not having to worry about protecting the blind side of Daniel, Daniel Jones right now and then eventually make that transition to left tackle. So it's a good pick for them. Uh, some are going to question whether it's the right offensive lineman to pick, but only time will be able to tell that. And it'll definitely help Saquon's numbers in the long run because he didn't have that se- a great season last season because of how he struggled trying to find openings in the offensive line because they just weren't doing their job well enough to create holes for Saquon to run through. So I think with an asset like Thomas, 
he's going to definitely help Saquon's game as well. Oh, for sure. I agree. So then the Chargers, they ended up picking another quarterback. There was four quarterbacks selected in the first round. They went with Justin Herbert. He'll be filling in for Phillip Rivers. And was that was that too surprising, or did you kind of see that coming, Austin? Uh, I mean, well, I saw it coming with Tua getting taken at five. The Chargers at six taking Herbert, I think, was the right move for them. Uh, they didn't really have mm-hmm. a quarterback option. Uh, they have Tyrod Taylor, who's okay. But I think they'd rather just go with what's available rather than, you know, try and get a bridge here with Taylor. Uh, They might still start Tyrod Taylor and then go to Herbert. But either way, I think they had to kind of take a quarterback here. And the pick at five with Tua for the Dolphins, um, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of forced them to take Justin Herbert at six. Yeah, and Tua going back there with the Dolphins, they didn't have a problem with his hip injury. They kind of – they said he passed his physical earlier in the week. So you could kind of see that one coming that they were – kind of locked in on Tua and that was a big question for the draft is is Tua going to maintain his health is he going to be healthy for the Dolphins and becoming the new franchise quarterback I think it's it's going to be tough to tell I mean if Tua stays healthy then yeah this is a guy who can be a franchise quarterback in the NFL but the problem is staying healthy for him he's had so many different injuries a hip injury ankle injuries a lot of it's his lower body and for a guy like Tua who relies on his mobility to be able to be effective it's going to hurt him. He's going to have to learn how to stay in the pocket and make throws. He has a strong arm. He's accurate as well, but he's going to have to learn to stay in the pocket, especially with his mobility, you know, potential mobility issues with all the leg injuries. But I don't love the pick due to his injury history. If I'm the Dolphins, mm-hmm. if you're in Miami, you kind of have to pick Tua because you don't want to, you know, take Herbert over Tua. Um, but at the same time, I honestly don't think Tua might play. He might not even play this year. I mean, they have Fitzpatrick under contract for one more year. Mm-hmm. So if they could start Fitzpatrick. I wouldn't be surprised if they do. They did that and then let Tua get up, you know, get back to full physical health, even though he passes physically. He might need another year just to kind of heal. But Tua at five and Herbert at six doesn't surprise me. And I think if you're both those teams, that's, those are the picks you have to make. You have to get a quarterback because, like we mentioned, is in this league you have to have a quarterback to be able to win. And that's that's a true statement, Austin. You definitely need a quarterback to win because if you don't have, you know, the best quarterback in the league, then, you know, the offense isn't going to be clicking and there's going to be problems with, you know, with with receivers and with running backs and how that all goes down. Yeah, I think and in, with the next pick. Yeah, like you were saying, mm-hmm. with, with the offense and quarterbacks, I mean, you can get an offensive player in this draft in the second round. So you once you get a quarterback, if you're a team like, you know, like the Dolphins are charged, you can go into the second round and then get another skill position player, which is why we're seeing the next few picks. We're going to see a lot of defensive players before we get to Henry Ruggs. But um, a lot of these teams are looking to get some form of a defensive player in the first round because there's so much offensive talent very deep in this draft at running back receiver. So um, as we're going to mention, the Panthers at seven taking Derek Brown, George, that's another good pick for a team who needed somebody up front. And mm-hmm. he's going to help solidify that defense. And they don't have to worry about offense until they can get that quarterback. Because you're not going to want to, you know, waste a skill position drafting a guy, a receiver, when you don't have a quarterback yet. Um, so for the Panthers, going defense is a good pick at seven, I think. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, Brown's a difference maker on the field, which I think will kind of help the Panthers move in a positive direction. Because we don't know who the quarterback's going to be in Carolina because with all what's going on with Cam Newton, and, you know, how they kind of cleaned house after Ron Rivera left. Mm-hmm. You can definitely see that they wanted to kind of start new. 
And Derek Brown, I think, is the answer for them to moving forward. Yeah, I, I agree. And then, you know, at number eight, too, a lot of people were a little bit uh, upset if you're a Carolina fan. They passed on taking Isaiah Simmons, who went number eight to the Cardinals. But if you're, if you're Carolina, you have to get kind of a surefire option up front to help solidify your defense. Isaiah Simmons is a mm-hmm. guy who might not fit their scheme because he doesn't really play one position. He does a lot of different things really well. He can cover. He's 6'3", uh, 238 pounds, and he's not really like an inside linebacker, but at the same time, he can rush the pass or he can cover. But I think this is, you know, when we look back in a few years on this draft, you might be looking at Isaiah Simmons and wondering how he fell to eight because this is a guy who can end up being one of the best players in this, in this draft. He, and he was one of the best players, one of the best linebackers in college football last season, winning the most outstanding uh, or the best linebacker award. And what's so great about Simmons is that he's so versatile that he can play the safety. He can also play the linebacker. And the Cardinals, they, ha- they got DeAndre Hopkins um, in the trade with the Texans. So really, the offense is fine, and it's just the defense that has some shaky spots, and Isaiah Simmons is the right guy. Yeah, the Cardinals should take a major step forward. Again, it's another you know, another situation where it depends on the quarterback. If Kyler Murray has a good year, they added weapons for him. He has plenty of talent offensively. If he can take a step forward, that's going to be the first step. And then defensively, adding Simmons, he should have a good season. Uh, could end up being, you know, a guy who leads your team in tackles next year and who could fit in nicely to this Cardinals defense, especially with a head coach like Kingsbury out there in Arizona, a guy who likes players who are fluid, who can play multiple positions. And Kingsbury is a guy who, on offense, we've seen all the different smoke screens he runs, all the different, you know, mm-hmm. motions and different plays that Kingsbury has in his playbook. And defensively, he's a guy, too, who w- will fit in Simmons however, you know, Simmons is comfortable. If he's comfortable right away as an, like an inside linebacker, that's where he's going to play. And then they'll work on the other stuff later. But Kingsbury is a guy who – I think it's a perfect coach for a guy like Isaiah Simmons. And going to the Jaguars, they also filled a defensive player with C.J. Henderson. And that was definitely filling in some missing pieces because Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Boye are now gone. So this should help their defense kind of improve a little bit, but they still need more assets, I believe. Yeah, this is a, kind of a pick to fill a positional need. I think they could have traded back, honestly, like, and gotten Henderson around 15. Um, Henderson's a solid cornerback. He's not great because after this, after Akuda, who went number three to the Lions, there's not much talent at the cornerback position. Henderson's good. I mean, he should have a solid career, a solid cornerback, but he's just not mm-hmm. um, not more, not more, the most physical cornerback in, in the league. 6'1", 204. He plays well. He has good athleticism, but he's a guy who I think the Jaguars could have taken later if they wanted to trade down in this draft because at the same time, that's the only position they're really going to take. They kind of knew that coming in. They weren't going to take a tackle, and the next couple picks were offensive tackles, and then they weren't really going to go receiver. Uh, they just cut Marquise Lee last week who signed with the Patriots, a receiver. Mm-hmm. So they kind of knew for a while that they were going to take Henderson, uh, cornerback. So I think they could have traded down, but it's, it's a good pick to fill a positional need. And the Browns were, picked an offensive tackle. There's a big trend of offensive tackles, especially in the first, like, 15 picks. A lot of offensive tackles, which I was kind of surprised about. But Jedrick Wills is went to the Browns, and he's a big protection for Baker Mayfield. And I know Baker Mayfield's definitely smiling, you know, hearing that pick go. And this will be a plus for them to be successful in the AFC North, I believe. Yeah, I don't love this pick. I mean, 
you're you're asking Willis to Willis to come right in, and he's going to be playing left tackle right away. They added Jack Conklin to the right side of the offensive line, but they're going to have this kid come in, you know, his first year and play left tackle to protect Baker Mayfield, the guy who holds onto the ball too long. So you honestly might be kind of setting up Wills for failure right away by having him come in and playing left tackle. He's a guy who played right tackle in college. And I think Tristan Wirfs would have been a better pick for this team, mm-hmm. honestly. But it's too early to tell. And like I said, all the linemen are very similar in this draft. And, you know, the Browns took a guy that they felt had the intelligence and the athleticism to make the transition to left tackle. But like I said, Wills has got a lot, you know, on his shoulders year one. He's going to have to protect Baker Mayfield's blind side. Yeah, and after the first 10 picks, there wasn't a trade, which this hasn't happened since 2015, until later in the draft at the 13th pick, there was the first trade. But right before that, honestly, one of the best wide receivers in the draft, Henry Ruggs, who had a 4.27 40-yard dash at the NFL Combine, went to the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, he goes at 12 to the Raiders. Uh, Ruggs is a... Great talent, you know, very fast, 5'11", 188, you know, very easy to compare him to Tyreek Hill due to his speed. I think he'll fit in nicely with the Raiders, but Derek Carr's a guy who doesn't like to uncork the deep ball a lot. So Ruggs is going to work on a lot in his first year. He's rope running and a guy who doesn't have to figure out ways to get open, um, you know, underneath because you have Tyrell Williams on the outside. He's not really going to play slot. You know, uh, Hunter Renfro is really going to be a primary slot receiver in Vegas, but Ruggs is going to have to line up on the other side of Williams across the field and work a lot to get open and figure out how to become a receiver who's not just going to run verticals and burn you. And there's been a lot of debate because who's going to be that threat in the AFC West to the Kansas City Chiefs? And I don't really think it's going to be the Raiders. Although, yes, they would have a good wide receiving core, I think it's going to be the Broncos in the long run. You know, they have Melvin Gordon, Drew Locke, and then they get Judy in the draft. So I think that it, the Broncos are really going to be successful in the AFC West this yeah, year. The Broncos, I'm, I really like their pick of Judy um, at 15. You know, that should help Drew Locke a lot in his next year. The Niners, of course, at 14, they had traded with the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers at 13 mm-hmm. took Tristan Wirfs, a guy, uh, an offensive tackle, another solid tackle who has good pass blocking skills to help, you know, with Tom Brady. And then 14 was the Niners who took Javon Kinlaw, which is interesting to me because the Niners – trade their defensive tackle, DeForest Buckner, and um, they got an extra first rounder for it, and then they take Kinlaw to replace him. They save some money, they get a guy who should be a good replacement for Buckner, and Kinlaw's a pretty versatile defensive tackle who I think fits their system really well. And then you mentioned, George, um, 13, 14, and 15, all pretty good picks for these teams, and Judy caps it off at mm-hmm. 15 with the Broncos. Yeah, and then the Falcons, they select a cornerback in A.J. Terrell, which is a good pick for them considering how how big the NFC South and how, you know, really powerhouse that division is going to be, you know, with Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski in Tampa Bay. And then you have the Saints who have been stacked for many years now, Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. So, you know, I think for the Falcons, this cornerback pick is going to be very helpful. Yeah, if, if uh, Terrell plays to his potential, it's going to be a great pick for them in the long run, getting him at 16. But he's a guy who, like I said, there's not a lot of cornerbacks in this draft that are like first round, you know, surefire talents. It's He's, he's 6'1", 195, not a ton of size to him. And he's going to have, 
you know, a lot of trouble with Michael Thomas, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, DJ Moore, because that's just one of the toughest divisions to be a cornerback when you have to face all these guys, mm-hmm. especially facing Breeze and Brady uh, twice a year each. And, you know, for yeah. Terrell, he can play zone and man pretty well. He's just going to have to get better at each of them and kind of be a more physical cornerback. But it, it's it's tough, especially at cornerback, when you're getting drafted into a division. Like I said, we have to face Tom Brady twice a year with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Drew Brees with Michael Thomas. So it's going to, you know, it might be a rough year for the kid because statistically, I mean, you're going to give up a few catches a game to Evans or Michael Thomas. So his stats might show mm-hmm. that he got burned here and there against these guys. But as long as the Falcons stay the course, he could end up being a solid cornerback down the line. What I think in the 17th pick, I don't know about you, Austin, but this was definitely the steal of the draft. The Cowboys are picked C.D. Uh, Lamb. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be alongside Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper. So, and on top of that, they already have Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott. So I think that offense is going to be absolutely insane. The Cowboys had one of the best offenses last year. And then they're just going to add more receivers on top of that with Lamb. I think that's just going to help them out to be bigger Super Bowl contenders. Yeah, this is a terrific pick for the Cowboys. Lamb was the best player available uh, an absolute stud receiver. You saw Henry Ruggs be taken over Lamb. You saw Judy go over Lamb. But he is just a, you know, a great talent. And if you're Dallas, you have, you know, Amari Cooper on one side of the field. You have Michael Gallup as well in Lamb. So they're going to be a tough cover if Dak Prescott can learn how to make some of these throws. But for for Dallas, you got to wonder, was there another position that they needed more? And honestly, the next few picks, there wasn't a ton of guys out there that I think that the Cowboys could have taken to really, you know, show up their defense. They're pretty good at linebacker with Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander Esch. They didn't really need to go linebacker here. And then the next couple of picks we'll talk about, you know, there wasn't really a surefire other defensive position. So I think Lamb's a great pick for the Cowboys, you know, as he's just the best talent available and he'll fit into your offense, you know, with Mike McCarthy coming over really well. Yeah, and I think that's going to be important for the Cowboys in – the NFC East with that division um, becoming like that true powerhouse instead of, you know, just maintaining that eight and eight season every year. I think they now would have a shot to make it to the playoffs, especially with a coach that knows how to win and has won a Super Bowl in Mike McCarthy. Yeah, that the, the, the Cowboys should have a good year. I don't know how effective Zeke will be, though, because you have to look at what McCarthy's done in the past, right? I mean, he came, comes over from mm-hmm. Green Bay where he didn't run the ball a ton. And then you're adding another receiver to a team that's got a couple of receivers. So you got to wonder how many carries is Zeke going to get, and they're going to utilize him. We'll see how McCarthy mixes him in the offense. I mean, of course, he's never really had a running back as dominant as Elliott, Eddie Lacy, sure, for one year. But that guy wasn't someone who could really sustain his success long term. But I think I think Judy's a um, Lamb rather, CeeDee Lamb's a great pick for the Cowboys, George. And I think you should be excited as a Cowboys fan for this upcoming year. Well, you know, Austin, I'm not a Cowboys fan. I just I want to see them succeed, and I have a lot of hope in them because I think Dak Prescott is one of the best quarterbacks in He's the NFL. He's an average right quarterback, now. but <laughs> we go through this every time. He's one of the best. I honestly still think he's one of the best, and just adding Lamb there, I think, will only improve his numbers. Yeah, well, I mean, Prescott should have another good year statistically, especially when you're trailing at some of those games. You should be able to throw a lot of garbage yards for the Cowboys. 
No, I think the lead will be a lot, especially if you have to play the Eagles, the Giants, and the Redskins twice. Yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, some of those teams will have to take major steps forward, like we talked about. But Cowboys should be the favorites, I think, to win that division. For sure. I mean, last year it was kind of disappointing. I thought they should have won the division last year. But things didn't work out their way for the Cowboys. And – you know, the Raiders, they ended up getting a cornerback in DeMar Arnett. And probably, I don't know, I was kind of shocked that the Raiders kind of picked Arnett. But honestly, the Raiders in the division that they're in, and now with Judy going to the Broncos, Melvin Gordon there, and then you have, you know, the, the Chiefs with everybody who they have. I mean, the Chargers really don't have a bad offense either. So I think the Raiders picking our net here was the smartest Yeah, I think he went a little early. It's kind of, uh, again, here with with cornerback, pick the guy you think best fits your system. And they really need a cornerback really, really bad, the Raiders. You know they were going to go cornerback here. It's just who are they going to go? I think Trevon Diggs might have been a better pick for them. But it's, again, who do they think mm-hmm. is going to best fit their system? Yeah, and then with the 20th pick, the Jaguars are going with a defensive end and Clavon Chasen. And honestly, they needed a defensive lineman because of all the things, all the problems that they've been having yeah, this down is the best there pick. He's, he's a great outside linebacker. will play nicely with Miles Jack and Joe Schobert. So that helps the Jaguars share up their linebacking core. And this is a guy who – you know, should have a nice career in Jacksonville. Uh, very good outside linebacker and definitely the best player that was on the board at the time. Mm-hmm. And the Vikings with the next pick fulfilled their wide receiver need because Stefan Diggs is now in the AFC East with the Bills. Justin Jefferson from LSU going to the Vikings. I think that was the right choice for the Vikings there just because of what needs – what they need really on offense to Yeah, Jalen Rager, the receiver from TC, went just before the Vikings picked to the Eagles. And I'm sure the Vikings were shocked mm-hmm. that Jefferson was still there. That's why they, you know, they had that pick from the Bills. And Jefferson, you know, was a definitely the best receiver still there at twenty two and a guy who should really compliment Adam Thielen very nicely and a guy who can replace Stefan Diggs, you know, in the long run. Yeah, and going back to um, Rager, that the Eagles need a wide receiver. They they had terrible luck with all their receivers getting hurt last year, pretty much, and really no offensive help for Carson Wentz. And I, think I mean, they could have had right Justin Jefferson. So I don't know if you know, I I just don't know how you can pick right. pass up on Jefferson and take a guy like Rager, who's you know everyone pretty much graded below Jefferson. You know, they need a receiver. Yeah, they get the position right, but. It's just mind-boggling how they could take Rager over Jefferson. Again, it's got to be a scheme thing or, you know, what they think, you know, is better. But I don't know if Rager really is going to be a true number one receiver ever. I mean, Jefferson has more potential to be a number one. I think Rager could fit with, you know, Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson better than Jefferson might be able to. But, you know, only time will tell Mm -hmm. which receiver ends up being better between 21 and 22. 
And then we have our second trade of the draft. The Chargers get the Patriots' 23rd pick, and then the Chargers then trade the Patriots' the 37 and 71st pick. So Patriots fans now have to wait until today for the second round. Yeah, this is a good trade for the Patriots. I'm not just saying that as a Patriots fan. According to Adam Schefter and reports, the Patriots, whoever they were going to take at 23, they think they can still get it, pick 37. So why not another pick? And for the Chargers, who got the 23rd pick, they get Kenneth Murray, a stud linebacker. So, you know, win-win for both teams here. I think the Chargers get a guy that really will help their, you know, system their Mm -hmm. team really well. And the Patriots trade back and add another pick because, you know, that pick at 23 – isn't going to solve your, you know, all your issues that this team has because there's a lot of holes. But, you know, you add another pick uh, in the third round and you have that second round pick at 37 now. So those two picks might help fill up two holes rather than just one where you felt you could have got that guy later. Like A.J. Espinenza is a guy, the edge rusher, who is still available and might still be there at 37 at the Pats. Maybe they thought at 23 they were going to take him. And what's important about this is the Patriots have picks four in the second round and four in the third round so they can definitely fulfill their needs and definitely trade up or trade down if they really needed to because the one guy I think the Patriots were really looking at was AJ Ampineza and he was in he's still on the board so you might see him go 37th and his value will still be the same that it was at 23 so I think yeah I mean I think that's the guy at 37, right, like you said, that um, they might be looking at. I don't love the pick, though. I think that if they end up taking him, I mean, you have Chase Winovich. I'd rather give Winovich, you know, another year to develop in that position. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he, he'd more replace Jamie Collins, I guess, with Espinenza. But I don't really love the pick. I think there's other positions you might be able to get somebody better at. Yeah, so I think it was a smart move by the Patriots to really trading down just because they know like the value of their players and just the way the Patriots system and drafting and how they do this all Mm -hmm. is absolutely amazing because it's so strategical and that it can really benefit them in the long run, just because they get players that they could get in the first round later. Yeah, I agree. I think that's, you know, like you said, that's a classic Belichick move. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, if you think you can get the guy later, why not trade back at a pick? And Austin, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump a little bit here, and I think the most surprising, you know, pick that happened was, I think the Packers picking Jordan Love. I don't think anybody really saw that one coming. Yeah, that's just this is a mind-boggling pick. I just don't understand it at all. You're coming off a year when you're 13 and three. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers is now 36 years old. He's got you know, this is a pick where you could use that to add an offensive player or receiver or something, you know, to help extend his Super Bowl window. Um, but not only did they trade up for the pick, they ended up taking a quarterback. So this, you know, puts out a lot of questions. Uh, you got to wonder if Rodgers is done in Green Bay. And you got to wonder if, you know, if Jordan Love going to get the chance to start. I don't know. But it's definitely a surprising pick, and it's very confusing, especially when the Packers came off the gear when they were 13-3. and three. And Rodgers, when the season starts, he's going to be 37 years old, one of the older QBs besides Tom Brady. And you, you saw this happen in 2005 when the Packers tr- drafted um, Aaron Rodgers, and then he ended up replacing Brett Favre. So, a lot of people are saying, you know, this is deja vu and it's going to happen again. This might happen again. 
And if you're Aaron Rodgers, you either want to be traded and or you're going to get cut, and that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I just, you know, I don't understand it because if you, you put love in right away, right, mm-hmm. I, is he really going to get you, you know, to a better record than 37-year-old Rodgers was going to get you? I mean, long-term, maybe Jordan Love, you know, right, they're already planning ahead, kind of like they did with Favre, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. but it, it's, it's a tough situation because I think you didn't have to trade up to get Love, really, because I don't think the Seahawks at 27 were going to take Jordan Love. I don't think the Ravens were going to take him at 28, and I don't think the Titans were going to take him at 29. Uh, Dolphins weren't going to take him at 30 either. They already got Tua. And right. the Vikings at 31 and the Chiefs at 32, they weren't taking Jordan Love, I don't think, either. Um, you know, the one team that might would be the Vikings and replace Kirk Cousins, but still, I don't understand, you know, really trading up to 26 to take Jordan Love especially. It's just, you know, it's confusing. I think maybe you have one year left of Rodgers in – in Green Bay, Rodgers probably might still start the year, but why not add, you know, add a player to help Rodgers in his last year? Yeah, this is kind of like a situation with Jimmy G and Tom Brady. You know, you have this new young quarterback who's pretty decent coming in. And then, I don't know, if you're Rodgers, do you kind of feel threatened by this at all? Yeah, you have to. You have to be a little bit, well, not concerned, but confused, kind of. Why aren't they helping me? Why are they already bringing this new guy in, especially trading up to get him? I think if they just kind of stayed put uh, at some point in the draft and took a quarterback, Rodgers wouldn't be as concerned. But kind of think about if the Patriots had traded up into the first round to get a guy at quarterback rather than taking Garoppolo in a a later round on day two. It's, It's more concerning that they would actually trade up into the first round to get a quarterback at 26. And the thing with Jordan Love, though, is that like he's he can be an inconsistent quarterback. He had 17 interceptions last year and led all of college football in interceptions. So really, you, the, a player comparison to him would be Jameis Winston, a guy who can get you numbers and touchdowns, but at the same time, he can also provide you a downfall with interceptions and turnovers. And then at the at his peak, he also plays like Patrick Mahomes. So it's really a hit or miss with Jordan Love. He's either at his best or he's at his worst. And with the Packers, you have Aaron Rodgers right now who's consistently good and doesn't put and puts you up into a positive, you know, perspective. And with Love, I don't see that really. So it was, it was really questioning, like, why did you do this? Yeah, I, I know. I agree. And Love is a. Uh... For sure, a project for the Packers, mm-hmm. long term. So it'll be interesting how this all plays out. And then speculation now is saying if Rodgers leaves, where does he go? And Austin, I, I know mean, you, yeah. you were talking about potentially could be New England. <laughs> I think any team you know that needs a quarterback would be happy to take Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. And that for includes sure. the Patriots. I don't know how likely that would ever be, but like I said, I mean – you have to think the Patriots at least kind of tried to, you know, make it work unless they're committed to going with Jared Stidham, which is another possibility. And I wouldn't mind Aaron Rodgers on the Patriots. It would be for sure interesting just because of, you know, who has the better legacy, Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. And then imagine Aaron Rodgers just coming in and then taking over Tom Brady's spot. You know, that would be really interesting to see because, of you know how everything plays out with the rivalry between the two quarterbacks yeah yeah it'll, it'll definitely be uh interesting to watch that develop you know 
And we'll see what happens in day two, if any other trades happen with teams mm-hmm. trading around quarterbacks or not. I, I, there, there's one trade I could predict right now, Austin. The Patriots have the 37th pick, and the Lions have the 35th. I could honestly see the Patriots trading up to the 35th pick and probably because they like to do a lot of deals with the Lions on draft day because most of their players end up going to the Lions. I mean, look at Amadola or look at um, and Mike Patricia's there. So it's pretty much everybody's going to uh, Detroit. So you could probably see that happening between the Lions and Patriots in the second round. Yeah, you'll have to, we'll have to see if, you know, if the Pats uh... – think that they can get their guy at 37 or not, or if they have a couple guys that are circling on their draft board. But um, in terms of linebacker, a couple guys came off the the board at 27 and 28 that the Patriots might have been looking at later in the draft. Jordan Brooks, linebacker mm-hmm. from Texas Tech at 27. He's okay. He's, you know, I don't understand him in the first round, Jordan Brooks. He's athletic. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, very physical, but he's not, you know, as quick. He's six feet, 240, kind of bigger. Uh, but they do have linebackers already, Bobby Wagner and K.J. Wright. So that one doesn't, you know, make a ton of sense to me. And then at 28, Patrick Queen, a linebacker from LSU. Um, he is, you know, a great linebacker, a guy who will fit in Baltimore's defense really nicely and could be end up one of being the biggest steals of this draft at 28. Yeah, so the second and third round is definitely going to be interesting for the Patriots, especially since they have nine combined picks for today. And would you, could you possibly see them going quarterback in one of these rounds? I could, but I just don't know, you know, if they, if they will, it's just, it's kind of hard to, it's really anyone's guess at this point. Um, mm-hmm. It just depends on, you know, if they, if they want to go with Stidham or not. And that's the only guy who knows that is Bill Belichick, but I could see them going quarterback. Um, at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't at any point. Austin, how did you like the way the draft went? I thought it would kind of went smoothly. It, it went a lot better than I think a lot of people thought it was going to. Yeah, I thought it went well. I mean, as best as it can go with the current circumstances. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, there's nothing like the live experience of having the draft in person with right. the, these guys getting to walk and, you know, hug Goodell. But, um you know, I think they did the best with the circumstances they had, and it wasn't, you know, wasn't bad at all. It wasn't a failure in any means. No, good. I think Goodell finally did something good, really. Yeah. <laughs> you know, with the NFL, that he, he, you know, did something great. He pulled the draft off, which is like the biggest night in all of sports, really, you know, for any draft-wise. I think the NFL is the most hyped draft. Yeah. It's not like the NBA draft. It's not like... MLB draft I think the NFL draft is really it's like a show and you know it's it's a very long process but still it gives us something to talk about right now yeah for sure it's a it's a grueling couple days you know night two of the draft we'll have to see a lot of a lot of talents on the board a guy that I like a lot Mm -hmm. for night two is T Higgins a receiver he is and whoever gets him will be getting a really talented receiver in the second round yeah, draft night two is always it's always an interesting one because you see, you know, the players who kind of got snubbed, and then you see players who maybe, you know, were kind of looked over, and those guys fall into the second round draft, and you could see some steals happening and some pretty big trades happening. Tonight. Yeah, for sure, it's going to be an interesting night. I think there'll be a lot of picks on the move between the second and third round. 
Austin, do you have any closing remarks on the uh, NFL draft? Well, I think, uh, you know, if you're a Patriots fan, I think you got to trust in Bill Belichick. He's been doing it a while and doing it well. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't, you know, overreact if I trade now to 23 and, you know, kind of, you know, see what happens at the quarterback position. Don't get, you know, too antsy and, you know, forced to take somebody. I don't want Jalen Hurts personally. I don't think he'll, you know, fit the Patriots system really well, but we'll have to see what happens. And uh, I think uh, overall, you know, definitely some headlines from day one and, Jordan Love and the Packers is going to be something to monitor throughout the next couple months. Yeah, and for me, Austin, I, I agree with you. You have to trust in Bill. And he knows what he's doing. And honestly, if you shouldn't overreact with the Patriots, you know, not picking a certain player because the, the, they know more about that player mm-hmm. than we do. And the Patriots, they have a certain system. If that player doesn't fit the system, no matter how good, he is they will not pick him just because they have to fit their certain system so I all I have to say is just you have to trust Bill Belichick in what he's doing in the draft yeah I agree it'll be an interesting day two and three of the draft for sure well awesome as always a pleasure to have you on and talking you know going debriefing the first round draft picks for the NFL absolutely George I mean it's going to be interesting we can reconvene you know discuss some more, you know, NFL draft after day two and three. Of course. All right, Austin, have a good one.